So before we get started, do you have the truck show dates coming up and the booth numbers for everybody? I do. What do you got? Um, well, we have to start off. The Florida Truck Show is this month. It's February 24th to the 25th down at the Fort, Lauder- Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. And our booth number is 1729. And then Mid-America Truck Show is March 24th to the, the 21st to the 23rd. There in Kentucky, and it is booth number 66105. You, you know, actually, I almost forgot. First off, I'd like to just say the Florida Truck Show, in case you truck drivers are going to be in Florida, um, they put on a great show there. They do. Really good people, uh, very loving people, and and uh, just the trucks there, the the vendors, the whole nine yards, super great. But I did see something. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. I seen that the um, location of the free truck parking has changed. And I'm trying to find it right here. Let's see if I have it. Um, boom, 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 boom. I do not see it. But the Matt's trucks, now it's, it is across the street from the convention in Louisville this year. And it is, they're going to be providing, you're looking at me like, whoa, where is it? No, you said that the Florida truck show and then you said Matt, so I was oh, confused. Oh, did I? I'm sorry, I apologize. No, it's, it's the Matt's truck show. The free truck parking has moved. I guess it was... Gosh, I actually lost it. I feel like an idiot now. Everybody's probably going, well, are you guys ready? You know, you're a podcast. Um, here it is. I got it. I got it. Got it. Okay. It says the Mid-America Trucking Show's truck parking community has been relocated. The new location, drivers, write this down, um, is 1016 Phillips Lane, Louisville, Kentucky, 40209 and it's right across from gate one of the kentucky expo center which you know you might think well it's right there but it's it's so huge it's it could be a a mile or so walk if you're at gate one which i think was up on the north end and which i also believe we should remind everybody that last year it was pretty cold at the truck show so they have, I guess, free shuttle service. It says uh, free tractor-trailer parking with shuttle service uh, and from mats will be available courtesy of the TA slash Petro, which will also provide hot showers and portable restrooms within the lot. Awesome. Yeah, it is. So um, hats off to the TA and the Petro that's going to provide the these drivers, you know, free showers, and um, a free ride back and forth to the show. And drivers, I would tell you, that is awesome mm-hmm. when we see something like that. So I'm going to give that address one more time so you guys can write it down if you plan on coming to the show. And Ruth Ann's going to mention the tickets here in a second that we're giving out. The location for the free truck parking, once again, is 1016. So 1016 Phillips Lane, Louisville, Kentucky, 40209, right across from Gate 1. Ruthanne, did you want to talk about them tickets? The tickets that we have for you drivers and family members of the driver are free. 
They're VIP. They get you into the truck show and to some of the special events there. And they're valued at about $99. Yes. And the way to get them is to contact Troy at Troy at TalkCDL.com. Myself, Ruth Ann, R-U-T-H-A-N-N at TalkCDL.com. Or you can message us on the Facebook page and we can then send you the link to get you the free VIP tickets. As you're spelling your name, I'm going, she does that because everybody calls her Ruth and she hates being called Ruth. She likes Ruth Ann, right? Yes. And also my name doesn't have an E and a lot of times people will throw an E on there. Yeah. Sometimes like people will email us. Well, actually email us a lot and they'll say, yeah, hey, Ruth. She's like, oh, he called me Ruth again. No big deal though, right? My name is Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann. So anyways, we look forward to seeing everybody at the truck show. And just so you know, those VIP tickets, which stands for, I guess, very important person, should be really called VIT, very important trucker. I think Ruth Ann, VIT. Yeah. <laughs> but they're VIP, they're VIP tickets. And they are, like Ruth Ann said, they're free. They are valued at $99. And they actually get you into the music concerts mm-hmm. and everything while you're at the, at the, 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 truck, at the pulling, truck show. The truck pulling thing. Yeah, everything. Also, so, yeah. I mean, it seems very, very fun and exciting. We, unfortunately, didn't get to see the truck show last year because we were busy videoing the trucks on the outside, mm-hmm. so we didn't have the time to go inside and see it, but I'd like to, uh, maybe this time we'll get a chance to see the truck show. All right. Well, that sounds awesome, and look forward to seeing you guys. And don't forget to look us up at our booths, and if you get to the Florida Truck Show, just stop on over. Last year, we had a bunch of people stopping over. We were doing some interviews, had a good time. Stop by and get a picture with us. We'd love to be able to throw yeah. some pictures on our social media of us and I'm glad you said that because also they you need to know you don't have to get a picture because a lot of church are like no I don't want my picture taken yeah, no, <laughs> so no. if you don't don't worry about that that's not a big no deal. but I would like to at least do a shout out to you for stopping by so yeah okay come say hi cool are we moving on moving on we're gonna move on should we take a break sure Can we take a quick break yeah Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via truckparkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. If you're a driver looking for a new trucking job, check out NCI. NCI offers the following. New Kenworth T680s, competitive wages, solo team, and students welcome, plus a full benefit package for you and your family. Check them out today at 888-311-7076. That's 888-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. Hey, drivers, are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the way station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And start bypassing the scales yourself. 
If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. Drivers, if you're looking for a local, home, everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber today. They have positions for Class A and Class B local drivers. They can take experienced drivers, students, and non-CDL drivers. With over 160 locations, chances are they have a position for you. So go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL and apply today. Again, that's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Thank you. We are back. Trying to throw an accent in there? We are back. We are back. I'm an accent guy. You're a guy, all right. It's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day. He said, yeah, my son lived in New England up in New Hampshire for six months, and he came back with a New Hampshire accent. Packy can't do it yet. Could you really get it that fast in six months? I don't know. You know, I guess younger people probably do. You know, you, yeah. you hang out in certain areas. You kind of adapt to their accents. But anyways. Uh, I think I did pick up a southern accent when I lived in Texas for those years, it, it, I picked up that one pretty quick. I remember working in Indiana for a couple of years and in the office out there in Richmond, and people would go, hey, Troy, what's up? And i go, do I really sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, listen, uh, check this out. I was looking at this, and I was like, wow, it's such as something we've been talking about for years, and truckers have been telling me and for years that um, some of these leases and lease purchases that they get into are big ripoffs, scams. Not that every, there's there's a lot of good ones out there, but sometimes they enter into these lease purchase deals with companies and they call it predatory or fraudulent, you know, and, mm. and we're going to talk about that in a second, but here's the, here's what it says. It says, uh, truck drivers, the FMCSA wants to, uh, see and hear about your lease agreement. If you're in a trucking lease or a trucking lease purchase, the FMCSA wants to hear about it. And even if you, you know, were in one recently over the last couple of years, they want to hear from you. It says if you are a truck driver and you have a lease agreement with a trucking company, company, it says federal regulators want to see your contract. And that's something. And they want to make sure the driver's not getting ripped off. Well, I mean, it only took them 30 years, uh, you know, to go, hey, you know what? I think there's something to this. We might want to look into it. But it says, especially if you feel it's been a predatory or a fraudulent lease. It says the request is part of a data collection that the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is requesting on behalf of its Truck Leasing Task Force, or the TLTF. The Truck Leasing Task Force says in an effort to crack down on deceptive leasing practices that can affect a truck driver's health and safety. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when they, I guess when they say health, what they're saying is, you know, you get, you can get anxiety over being ripped off. Right. 
you know, over being lied to. Also, the safety part of it, you know, um, they're saying a lot of times because it's interesting the questions that they're going to I'm going to throw out there that they want to ask these guys. But it's interesting, you know, why it says health and safety. And I'll show you. Here's 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 the questions that they really want to ask. Yeah, I was curious on that. Okay, it says questions. Now, these are the questions they want to ask the truck drivers. See, they have tr- they have questions for the truckers, and they also have questions for the companies. Really? Yeah. So it says, all right, here's the questions for the truckers. It says, could you provide copies of leasing documents and copies of documents for all other financial products associated with your works or with your work as a CMV commercial motor vehicle leasee, i.e. training department, maintenance department, earned wages, access, contact from debt collectors, etc. Do you have copies of everything, including your contract, everything? It says, uh, what were the actual terms of the lease you're in? It says, here's the next question. How was the lease purchase agreement marketed to you? How was it presented? It says, were you able to negotiate the terms? I never even thought of that one. They want to know, were the truck drivers able to negotiate the terms? Were you provided any information about other financing alternatives? Meaning, do I have to lease it through the company? Can Is there other means of obtaining this truck? The next question is, were you informed of how the motor carrier works? with independent contractors versus company drivers and lease purchase drivers when business is slow. We'll talk about that in a second. Next one is, if you took out maintenance uh, debt, were you required to use the title of your CMV as security? Next question, were you able to successfully complete the term of your lease purchase agreement How much did you owe at the completion of your lease? Next question. If you owe a balance on your lease purchase agreement, are you being contacted by the motor carrier, third-party debt collectors, or finance companies? Have you been threatened with a lawsuit to collect these debts? Do collection efforts cease when a driver files for bankruptcy or obtains bankruptcy discharge? Next question. Actually, last question. What have the effects of your lease purchase agreement been on your finances, employment experience, professional mobility, workplace health and safety, and family's well-being? They're the questions for the drivers. Some of them are really good. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, like the first one, could you provide copies of the leasing documents uh, copies of documents for all other financial products, blah, 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 all that stuff. A lot of times companies don't give them out. I mean, the the companies that are doing it correctly, they give out everything, mm-hmm. the ones that are doing it legal. And there's a lot that know what they're doing. Right. Okay, but like a lot of them, it's like they really don't know what they're getting into until after they're going down the road because they, they never read the fine print. Mm-hmm. Um. It says, what are your actual terms of the lease? How is the lease marketed to you? And so a lot of drivers don't understand the terms. You know, were you told there's a balloon payment 
or were you not told? Were you told, because you can get the residual value. You know, when we lease, we lease our cars, you already know what the payoff value is at the end. Did they tell that to you? Here's another one that I would, I would throw at anybody that's, that's not, I'm seeing, I'm not seeing this question in here, but here's another big question that I would ask these trucking companies when you're doing a lease purchase. And I'm going to tell you what it is. I talk to drivers all the time and they'll tell me that they were in a lease and they're not making crap. Of course, right now they're, they're, you're not going to, if you're, if you're leasing in the spot market instead of a company that's got their own freight. Um, but I'll ask them, I'll say, so are, are you getting a surcharge check? Are you getting a fuel surcharge? And 99% of them, they'll say, well, it's, it's, they told me it's built in. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. see, you see that is B when they tell you it's built in, you just literally got, you just got BS'd. Okay. Cause most of them, most of them aren't even providing it. No, uh, they're keeping it. Correct. A true lease purchase. I'm going to explain, and I explained this before and I'll, I'll just kind of quickly explain it, but a true lease purchase fuel surcharge is supposed to be five to six, every, every five to six cents above a dollar 20 per gallon, you're supposed to get a penny. Okay. So right now I would say I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of fuel. I'm just going to give a quick example. Right now I'm seeing a lot of fuel prices around four bucks a gallon. Okay. So at four bucks a gallon, what you would do is you would subtract a dollar 20. Okay. You would, you would, you would subtract a dollar 20 and that would be $2 and 80 cents. And then what you would do is you would divide that by six cents. I'm just using six cents instead of five. And that would give you 46.6 cents per gallon as a separate check you should be getting every week. So if you did 3,000 miles, this has nothing to do with your paycheck. You should get a separate check for $1,400 for your fuel surcharge. Correct. That's the way a fuel surcharge works. And, you know, are they getting fuel discounts? Do they get part discounts? I mean, there's a lot of questions that drivers should be asking. And they want to know. They And here, this is what I want. Let me just, before it slips out of my brain. The one thing I wanted to talk about, and you've heard this over the years, how many drivers have you run into that said, yeah, I was in a lease agreement, and then when I was down to six months, they started starving me, and I, ha- I was forced to quit because I was going broke. Mm-hmm. So, I have heard that. Right, and how many companies over the years have taken a truck, leased it to a driver, and then you know a lot of them are two- to th- or three-year leases, leased it to a driver, and then right when it's about time for the driver to actually get a title, they start starving them so they can give it to another comp- another driver. Right, so that the driver ends up leaving because they're not making money and they can't make the payment. And then they have a tractor that they can go ahead and, and release as a uh, new lease. Right. I would want to know what is their success rate with drivers actually getting a title. That would be good. That would be a good question for them to ask. And and here's one other thing that I would also tell drivers that they should really be wanting to know if you're going to enter into a lease purchase. If you're getting a trucking company that says there's a, a balloon payment at the end, you 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 find out what well what is what is the payoff at the end? They know, okay? A real lease, you know. All right? And then ask them this. Let's say at the end of a lease purchase, you have a $50,000 balloon payment. Are you, I would ask, are you providing financial support at the end of that lease? Will you be doing in-house li- uh, financing, or do I have to now find my own 
my own financing for that balloon payment at the end because drivers, if you have really, really bad credit and you don't save any money at the end of that lease, you're going to, if they're not going to provide, you're going to be kind of locked in there and having to do another truck, you know, leasing another truck. If you're really after a title, you're not going to get one for the simple reason. If you got bad credit and they aren't providing financing, then you're up a creek. Right. No, it's very true. Um, I don't, I don't remember which, I know you, they had asked different questions about certain things, but uh, another thing that a lot of drivers, I, they had said about the maintenance debt, they had asked the question about that, if they had to support, you know, use the title of the tractor. A lot of drivers don't realize how the maintenance program works with the tractors as they're leasing them. And that would be a really important question for a driver to ask the company when they are leasing it. You know, what does the program entail if I end up coming into a um, certain things? You know, like a lot of the stuff would be covered underneath these tractor warranties. So you're not going to have anything major. But tires are certain things that you can end up getting a need for sooner than you're you're expecting, mainly because of the fact of, of if you're new to driving trucks, you might not realize how fast you can go through your your you know, your drive tires or if one pops or anything like that, if you have to do certain things and, um, you want to make sure that you do cover those expenses in a really good way as far as what they're offering you. If there's a program that they can go, some, some companies, you know, they'll have the fuel cards for certain truck stops or fuel stations, but they also have certain maintenance that they can also provide for that at a discounted rate because of them being part of the program. So check that out a lot when you're going into a maintenance program with them and seeing if there's a cap off because you don't want to keep investing in it and then ask the question, do you get the residual of that? Well, I was, I was just, while you were saying that, I was thinking I've talked to companies and, and most companies are going to keep, let's say at the end of your, your lease, let's say you have 5,000 extra dollars there, which you probably wouldn't have that much, but let's say you have a couple thousand dollars in there, right? You don't get that back. Okay. You don't get that back. And because here's what they're saying, especially if you're not buying it for the simple reason you, you've created wear and tear on that truck. Okay, so they're counting that maintenance to go towards the wear and tear that you put on that truck. That's what I was told. So yeah, that's why you want to make sure that those details. Yeah, I personally don't think that's right. You know what I mean? But they're just finding a way to keep that money. So again, and I could, this is one thing that I could be wrong on. You know, it could be, you know, the more I think about it, it's like, well, you know, they are putting the wear and tear on it. And if they, at the end of the lease, they're going to just turn it back in. But to me, you know what I mean? It's, they should have collected enough money to, to compensate for that wear and tear to begin with. Um, but again, I don't know what. Well, that's the difference between leasing and lease purchasing too. You, okay. you do have to make sure what those, those end things are when you're doing with it. Right. Um, the other thing is, uh, the, the questions I just wanted to real quick bring up that were posed to the companies. I'm just going to go through these and, and drivers out there, you could say, wow, yeah, they should be asking those companies. So these are the questions to the companies that the FMCSA which, or the truck lease task force is wanting to know. If you're a company, um, if you are or were a leaser of CMVs, um, what best practices do or did you implement 
or recommend to ensure that all leases of the CMVs you provide are fair and just. If leases are pleased, if leasers are pleased with the terms you provide, please expound on those terms. Next question they ask trucking companies. If you lease CMVs to drivers but uh, do not own the CMV, like maybe a rider or a Penske truck or then, um, uh, it says, i.e., the CMV is being financed by your company and then you lease it to a driver. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let me read that again. If you lease CMVs to drivers but do not own the CMV, how do you determine how much to charge the driver under the lease agreement and how do you ensure the driver can ultimately own the vehicle if there is a lease purchase agreement? They're wanting to know, how are you coming up with your figures to give these drivers? Yeah, how, how much overage are you going to be charging them? Right. Um, if, you, if your tractor payment that you're, you're purchasing it for is, say, 600 how much more are you charging a driver than to lease purchase it from you? Right, exactly. And then it says, uh, the last question that would be for trucking companies would be, do you have any specific agreements available to dryage drivers at ports relating to the clean truck program or any similar program to decrease emissions from port questions? Do you have any data that would show the impact of truck leasing agreements on the net compensation of CMV drivers, including port drives drivers? You know, and here's one other question. If I was the FMCSA that I would ask the drivers and the companies, I'd ask them both this same question. Because if you're a contractor and you're being paid 1099, then they are not, if you go on the FMCSA website, the .gov site, I specifically have read this. They cannot tell you where you have to go. And a lot of trucking companies try to play that game of if a driver refuses a load, okay, we'll just let him sit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And starve him to where he knows next time, take what we give you. Right. Okay, so now I do agree that as a recruiter they should, when the recruiter talks to you drivers, they should be relaying to you what their customers do and the driver really needs to be able to make that decision, Ruthann. Am I willing to go and do what these their customers do? Because ultimately, if you're coming into a trucking company and you're going to make money as an owner-operator or a lease-purchase operator, you have to know what is their freight, where is their main lanes, what do their customers need done? Because if you're coming in there with with some kind of cherry picking attitude. And again, I'm not picking on drivers, but if, if in your heart you're saying, well, I ain't going to go above I-40 or I ain't going here, I ain't going there. but And, and you don't realize that this is where 80% of the times they're going to be going, you're in a, a lose-lose situation. Right. And also I know a lot of companies now offer, you know, where it's, it's the company that you're going to, they provide people to make sure that they're unloading the trailer so the drivers don't have to do the lumping anymore. But if you still end up going to places that that is something that's required of you, breaking down a pallet or anything like that, you are, you, you really should be aware of those different things because those are also expenses that you can claim and you need to be able to be prepared for that, especially if you have to have cash on you or anything like that to provide that service. Another question is when you're saying about a driver, you know, if they say, oh, I don't want to go to those areas, 
you also have to remember you're purchasing a tractor. This is an expense that you are taking on and you want to make sure that you don't hurt yourself by not earning the money for it. Well, and what Ruthann's saying is you don't want to go in anywhere on the blind. Right. Don't just have aspirations of money. And then when you get there, you start finding out the things you should have already made sure of, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, with truck drivers, obviously money is the big thing and running areas and home time. You know, you got to you got to know what are your expect, even though I'm going to be a lease purchase driver. I've talked to drivers over the years that thought because they were going to become a lease purchase driver, they could just go pick and choose and do what they want. Right. Well, though, you got to remember one thing. These trucking companies have customer. If if you go to one that has customers, you are not going to be picking and choosing because you have to do what the customers do. And if you go to a, a company that's just on the spot market doing broker loads right now, man, I'm telling you, because during the COVID, Ruthann, a lot of drivers were able to seriously dispatch themselves. They made great money. They stayed in areas they wanted to. And that was awesome for these guys. But those times are, I'm serious, those times are, are not they're gone. Well, I don't know if they're gone permanently. Who knows? You never know. But as, as far as right now goes, you're not going to go in there and dispatch yourself and be able to keep making money and running. Because if you have some kind of cherry lane, like, for example, Jacksonville, Florida to Dallas and back, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's all sunny roads and everything. I guarantee you there's a million drivers already ahead of you. You right, know what I mean? Right. They're already waiting for that load. So, you know, realistically, ask the right questions, guys, because this is where a lot of this leasing gets confusing. Ask, you know, their running lanes. Ask them what kind of terms are on the lease. Just ask them everything. Ask them what their customer names are. And then also ask them, how long is your contract good for? I mean, they may have signed contracts three years ago and they're up for renewal and they may lose contracts right after you get on board with these companies. And now you're screwed because now the companies are struggling for freight. Ask all the right questions, guys, because we truly care about you guys. And a lot of guys do get into these bad leases. Right. And, and, and you have one more thing. Yeah, I do. Okay. You are going to be a business owner and there are certain things that you can do and you can claim and you can be written off as. Mm-hmm. Ask those questions. Call a tax preparer and ask them. Trucker what, tax service. Exactly. Yeah. Ask them, what are some things that I can that I can be kept a, an eye out for so that I can know, save receipts or get the service that, that we, were, we used to talk about it where you can scan the receipt and it's automatically going in for you. These different things, they add up and you want to make sure that you take advantage of every single thing that you're entitled to. Yeah. Um, they're good people. We had them on here for an interview. We did an interview to them. They're called trucker tax service. I think the one guy's name is Jim. They're out of Indiana and all they do is trucker taxes. They are not a sponsor of our show. That is us telling you these are good people. They have an app that you can uh, put on your phone. You scan it. Every time you walk in a truck stop, you scan anything you buy. It's a really good system they have for you. Um, you might want to contact them and, uh, go ahead and, and use them. But, you know, ultimately, like Ruth Ann said, if you're going to be an owner operator, do yourself a favor and be armed correctly with the things you need to for a successful career and business as a business owner. Ruth Ann, I think we've said enough about this. Well, go for it, guys. Yeah, go for it. If you want to be an owner operator, I'm going to tell you right now, seriously, follow your dream, guys. I'm, I, I would never try to talk anybody out of doing that. I'm telling you right now, follow your dream. Just make sure that you, you have the right information to be able to be successful at being an owner operator. That's all. And, and, you know, go for it. It's, it's really not that hard. There's usually, they don't, 
require money down, Ruthann. So I would tell you it's a, an easy way to get started if you find a good company that has a good lease. Right. That's where you ask the right questions. Okay. So moving on. Moving on. Whoo. Boy, that was a long one. You always are long-winded. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to be blamed for it. Um, I'm really looking forward to that truck show. I am pumped. I'm pumped. My buddy Eddie's going to be with me. Um, you're not going to be at the Florida truck show. I can't be. No. No. So, but you will be at the Mats, Lord yeah. willing. All right. So you had something. Um, that you were talking about earlier and you know, we, we don't have a lot of time left. Um, what you, did you, do you have that article you were talking about, about, um, autonomous trucks or driverless trucks yes. in California right? where they're trying to say, okay, we ain't going to do that without drivers here. Cause I know Indiana and a bunch of other States are signing agreements where they're saying, no, you're not going to bring trucks in our States unless there's a man or woman in there. Yeah, there was, um, California lawmakers are uh, attempting to reinstate a ban on the driverless trucks that do not have a human inside of them. Years ago, when they first introduced it, you know, they were able to to do a few things, and now they want to make sure that it's that it's upheld and. And it's really interesting. I'm going to read the article, and I want to do a lot of it word for word because I want you to hear how adamant these representatives of the California Assembly, what they're, how, how strongly they feel for the driver. So, I'm excited just that something good's coming out of California right now. Right. I mean, it's surprising in a sense, I'm, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, nice. Without putting California down, yeah. I just, I would say though, you know, you hear a lot of your. A lot of the rules and regulations that screw up truck drivers actually start in California. Emissions, everything, it all starts there, and then it just goes downhill from there. So if they're saying they don't want a truck in their state without a driver in it, I want to hear about it. Well, last year, the state legislator um, overwhelmingly passed a similar bill, but it was vetoed at the finish line by the California governor, Gavin Newsom. So he vetoed what they tried to do last year. Yeah, he's famous for that. So this year they did the new bill that was introduced in the beginning of February by the California Assembly members. Um, there was three of them, Cecilia Curry, Laura Friedman, and Ash Calra. So anyways, they it said it would ban the use of autonomous vehicles with a gross vehicle weight of 10,001 pound or more on public roads without a human safety operator present in the vehicle. They stated, quote, they reintroduced this bill because the legislator's role is critical in deciding when autonomous trucking is safe and when there is a real plan for our trucking workers. The autonomous trucking industry has cast this bill as a ban on technology when it explicitly states that testing and deployment will happen with a human safety operator using their logic they're the ones who support a ban, a ban on humans in trucks, a ban on working people's abilities to provide for their families and provide for safe roadways for Californians. We will not stand by and let them put profits over people. That was the um, last name is, is Curry. The, the woman, um, Cecilia, stated that. And I thought it was pretty awesome that she... Well, I mean, kudos. I mean, hats off to California for, for really trying 
to, uh, um, you know, protect, honestly, not only the safety of it, okay, with driverless trucks. I mean, we've been talking about this for years, but let's be real. Well, it sounds like they're also saying, let's protect people's jobs. Mm-hmm. No, you know, it's exactly. no, it's no secret. Okay. That, you know, if you, if you brought a million autonomous driverless, complete driverless trucks, the trucking industry will be upside down in a blink of an eye and you'll have millions of workers that will, you know, they keep saying, oh, it's going to create jobs for truckers. No, it's it's not going to create jobs. It's absolutely not. If you kick the trucker out of the truck, you are not creating jobs. Remember they when they first came out, they go, oh, they'll need a technician in the truck because they'll need somebody to monitor it and do it. Was, yeah. It's such BS. So that's what they're, they're saying there is that they that was their original plans. It's their, yeah, their original plans was to keep drivers in it, right? But now the industry... Texas, we just read, they are trying to to put uh, trucks on the road, all right? Because Texas is the proving grounds right now. Texas is the main, I love Texas, but for some reason, Texas is getting that one wrong, okay? They they have trucks that have been going up and down their interstates that have a driver in it, but they're trying to, by the end of 24, we just had this article a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. they are trying to, by the end of 2024, have drivers out of the trucks in their testing program. They are trying to they're trying to get the approval. They haven't gotten it yet, but they said by the end of this year, they want to have trucks that literally no patterns that can get that can be started and just go back and forth and just continuously run and not have a driver in it. That's how confident that they, they're getting. And like you just read in that article, it's really over the money. Exactly. It's, they said profit over humans. It, when you tell me that you're confident that nothing's going to happen, I call you a liar. I call you and your whole autonomous driverless industry liars. Liar, liar, pants on fire, Ruth Ann. I mean it. <laughs> Set their pants on fire and don't give them any damn water to out in it. I'm telling you, you want it out in your fire, pee. I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm so mad right now, Ruth Ann. I get, it, makes me, it makes me sick to, to think about an industry that's literally try, trying to implode itself, trying to literally, you, you, you think you're going to please manufacturers and have a better, um, a better delivery service and, and quote unquote, Ruth Ann, safer roads mm-hmm. and all this other BS that you're claiming. And it's really just to make more money and you don't care they don't give one flying rat's butt, Ruth Ann, about the actual working man. They don't. Now, that's why I thought it was awesome that this lady, Cecilia, was so adamant and was right to the point, not going around it and saying anything. She said straight out, this has to deal with profits. You're taking money away from the the people that are trying to support their families by taking them out of the... the I mean, look what happened. I mean, I, I, I don't really know 100% on all this, but I know I know enough that when all of the automobile people in, what, Detroit, right? When all those companies took the humans that were making the vehicles and putting the stuff together out of all of there, what happened to it? it there's nothing being built there. They, they shut down. You have areas of just nothing because machines took over it. And, you know, that was that was a big industry over there. And when you take the humans that are actually supporting their families and doing all the work, when you take them out of those scenarios, what do you have? Absolutely nothing. You have a dead industry. And that's what happened over there. 
Well, I, I find it amazing how everything we've ever seen on television, you know what I mean? Like just robots. Right. And, and, you know, I, I walked by the Tesla store in the mall the other day and in, right in the display case, they got this giant robot now you can buy for your house. And it almost looks like a RoboCop. I'm not joking. Yeah, I'd be scared. I'm, I'm just saying, like, the industry is so changing. And you got to ask yourself, well, if you take away one of, and if you look in the United States, there's, I'm going to tell you, two and three jobs, okay, that on a professional level have been the biggest, most desired jobs, or not desired, but most needed workers. The number one's a class A CDL driver. I tell you that right now, no matter where you go, especially in good times, you open up the paper or you get online, the number one job's usually class A CDL truck driver. Okay. So you you all of a sudden you take that guy out of the picture, you take a you hurt a lot of people. It's like where are they gonna work? I mean, yeah, they're where are they where else is a truck driver, a guy that can make seventy, eighty thousand dollars? Where's he gonna go? To be able to support his family. Seriously, think about that for a second. Where's a guy that say, yeah, he just get out of high school and, you know, he he uh, waits till he's 21 because he had aspirations of being a trucker. And maybe at 18 he gets his CDL and he drives intrastate and then at 21 he starts going over the road. And then all of a sudden one day they say, all right, that's it. All driverless trucks only. No, you guys are out of a job. Where does a guy go? Where do millions of guys go that have been just driving trucks? You know, I've talked to truckers everywhere, and you know what they say? That's all I know, man. That's what I know. That's what I do. You have too much of a wide variety of age and experience in the trucking industry, and to take that away from them, you will take a lot. Not only that, but where are they, like you said, where are they going to go? So if you take that away from 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 the trucking industry, you take the the, the drivers out of the seats, all those drivers, where are you going to put them in the working industry then? Where are they going to go? That's what I'm saying. There's, exactly. There's no, especially if you have robots taking over a lot of the manufacturing, there's no place to put these men and women that drive trucks right now if if you're going to try and do that. I mean, yeah, some of the younger ones, they can learn a new industry, but some of the ones that are in their 50s and 60s, what are they going to do? Retire? They might not be able to. They might not be in the, in the position to be retired. And our government really can't handle putting all those 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 people um, on on an unemployment or on something else until they can find something else. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That the the like you said, and like this this lady said, profits over humans, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So I guess we're it, you know it's it's all gearing up for something's going to come to head. I guess we'll all be there reporting and, and, you know, just hopefully you get more people with that same attitude of, listen, we got to protect jobs. You know, if just because you guys want to make something more efficient and cut out the main worker, we got to protect jobs. I agree. Moving I agree. On. Moving, Moving on. on. Moving on. So uh, what else you got? Do you have anything else? You got the word of the day, everything? I have the word of the day. Let's hear it. I do. I do. I do. You're ready. Cause this is a good one. All right, let's hear it. Diegesis. Diegesis? Ready? Diegesis. Um, sounds like something in the medical field. 
no. But I tell you, it really threw me off. When I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I didn't even pronounce it in my head until like, I didn't even pronounce it correctly when I, when I looked at it because it's not spelled like you're thinking. Okay. The spelling is D-I-E-G-E-S-I-S. Okay. And it means a narrative or plot typical in a movie. Go figure, right? Uh, give it to me in a sentence. A sentence. The film's diegesis, diegesis, Jesus. Yep. Was full of twists and turns. The audience was captivated by the best picture winner's intense diegesis. So it's really the the plot and narrative of what a movie. You know, like if you're looking at it, it's it's the plot of the movie. It's another word of saying it. Yeah. So there you go, drivers. You can go and totally show how smart you are when you say to someone when you're watching a movie, you're sitting in the truck stop in the lounge, and you look at someone and you say, the diegesis of this movie is pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get a good response. Well, they might get a little look, but then you're showing how smart you are. All right. <laughs> okay, guys, we'll see you at the truck show. And uh, don't forget, just message us. You know, we still have some left. And and the other thing, let me just mention this on these VIP tickets, Ruthann. When if you say you need four tickets, for example, you have to when we give you the the link to go on, you have to go on and register each person in your party separately. Yeah. Like some people think that they register themselves and now they got four tickets. Yeah. You have to go in there and register your name, then you have to click back on and then register your wife's name or your friend's name, whoever's going with you. Yeah, you'll have individual confirmation numbers. You'll ha each have a separate ticket. Yes. So anyways, let us know what you need. We're here for you guys. Thank you. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.